0: Even on those beautiful courses, the truth is out there.
1: We're looking for ways where we could apply automation, apply logic, um, apply artificial intelligence um, to surface relevant uh, statistical information to make an otherwise mundane situation dramatic and compelling.
0: That's Alex Turnbull from the PGA on the new artificial intelligence launch that may transform how golf is presented and eventually consumed. This is the Sport Techie Podcast, I'm Bram Weinstein. Mike Downey from Microsoft, who helped shepherd the new tech to the golf space, is going to join Alex Turnbull in a few, but first, it's the news of the merge of sports and technology. There may be a lot of Bryce Harpers being groomed through advanced gaming systems. At the recently held All-Star Game in Washington, D.C., there was a virtual reality Home Run Derby exhibition. Of the 3,000 people who took their hacks, the top four finalists were... All young children who haven't reached their teenage years. Nine-year-old New Yorker Chuck Smolka won the event. So is this a sign that training methods for the game's next greats won't necessarily come in a real batter's box? Esports took a huge leap forward with a major broadcast deal with ESPN and ABC. It's the Overwatch League. The terms were not disclosed, but the inclusion of the parent network For the final as the destination for the league, which is only in its inaugural season, that is breathtaking. Jets and Giants fans will be able to walk across the MetLife Stadium parking lot to the Meadowlands Racetrack and place bets on the football games as of this fall. New Jersey, of course, was among the first to adopt betting locations after the Supreme Court allowed states to exert the right to legalize sports betting. Many neighboring Northeast states have been quick adopters as well, and we'll be watching the move by FanDuel, who partnered with European betting conglomerate Paddy Power, to expand into the United States, and we'll see what that means for the future of fantasy gaming and how it is incorporated into mainstream sports gambling as well. Soccer purists had to accept the future at the recently concluded World Cup as the virtual assistant referee was used helping officials overturn 16 calls over the first 62 matches that were tracked. So a lot of the subjectivity was being eradicated from a sport long on conspiracy theory. The reaction from FIFA was a strong affirmation of the tech describing it as not changing soccer, but cleaning it up. Hey, check out Sportechi's next big event. It is taking place in September in the Bay Area. Sportechi Next will feature prominent leaders and disruptors in the tech field. This one will have a heavy focus on the legalization of sports gambling and the monetization opportunities around that developing field, and they'll deep dive into AI, which we'll do next as we take a stroll onto the golf courses of the PGA Tour, where the data may give you a new level of context for one of sports oldest games. Sporttechie listeners, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Get the newsletter sent to your inbox by signing up at sporttechie.com. Follow us or me on Twitter at Sporttechy and at RealBramW. Our guests this week have embarked on using that mountain of golf data to tell better stories on the PGA Tour. Alex Turnbull from the PGA and Mike Downey from Microsoft are here. Thank you both for joining us.
2: Thank you. Uh, thanks for having
0: us. Yeah. Alex, to start with you, um, what are you trying to build? You guys are calling this a content relevancy engine. So, so can you kind of walk us through what that means?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, essentially, you know, th- there was an opportunity for us to um, take the burden off of, you know, both our employees and our broadcasters covering the sport. Um, and that's where we, we began working with Microsoft. and. We're looking for ways where we could apply automation, apply logic, um, apply artificial intelligence um, to surface relevant uh, statistical information and present that to both our fans and our viewers um, and players uh, to make an otherwise mundane situation dramatic and compelling. So that's, that's where we began working with Mike and his team. Uh, to create the content relevancy engine, which which essentially does just that.
0: So, so Mike, that sounds almost a little vague. When they're asking you to do this, where do you go from there when they say this is the thing we want to build?
2: Yeah, well, it's a fun challenge. And, of course, um, you know, data can be used, or we'll say stats. It's really it's just us, it's just data. Data can be used to make sports more interesting and more dramatic, right? And Alex and his team are just masters of doing that. And when we when we first started talking with them, uh, it was really a scenario of we have so much data to pour through and there's so many uh, data points, statistics that are relevant. Um, we really just need a better process for finding the right piece of information to make that moment in sports more dramatic, more interesting, more significant. And so, yeah, it's a a tough challenge for a bunch of data scientists uh, here at Microsoft. But luckily, most of us are big golf fans. so We have a personal incentive to figure this out. Um, And what we really did is look at how can we use things like machine learning, uh, predictive analytics, the ability to really go in and say, all right, we have a huge data set here to work with. Um, Let's find the patterns. Let's devise tools that... Um, that learn over time so that we can score things, we can score results, we can uh, learn from trends of what data is being used and what data is not being used, in this case on the air, um, but of course across you know, all of the PGA TOUR's kind of fan engagement properties. Um, so that's what we did. We started looking at the data set. First step was just making sense of everything, which luckily the TOUR has already got a very robust system for organizing all of their data. Um, but kind of uh, understanding it and understanding what are the processes that Alex and his team go through uh, to figure out what is the best piece of information to use to make the broadcast even better. And so as we learned from the humans, we, we were able to kind of uh, tune the algorithms to start providing recommendations that in many cases, Alex and his team weren't even able to to find previously. So uncovering and pretty interesting gems.
0: So, um, if you have one in mind, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you have one in mind, could you kind of lay out like a tangible example of this and how this is utilized during a broadcast from a PGA event?
2: I can, but Alex is so much better than that than I am. Alex, you got yeah, a good scenario.
1: Ab- absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the first one that comes to mind is um, you know you could you could take a, a standard two putt on a green, you know, which historically. You just see that there's two putts and a player moves on to the next hole. They made par, no big deal. However, um, you know, with, with the CRE and with all the historical stats that we have, you know, being able to take the time to know the significance of that second putt, um, let's say like when a player has, you know, a streak of 240 holes without a three putt, um, and all of a sudden that second putt that you're showing becomes all that much more dramatic and, you know, lends storytelling to the announcers and to the viewers to understand, wow, this is an amazing streak that this player has right now without a three-putt, and he's got a little four-footer left here, a knee-knocker, you know, to, uh, to extend that streak, or should he miss it, that streak has been snapped, and you can tell that story, too. So it, it takes an otherwise mundane situation and really uh, takes it up to a, a compelling level and, and provides... Interesting, compelling stats to our viewers
0: so how is the reaction from the broadcast partners what are they saying to you about this stuff that's being put in front of them now
1: well I, I think it, it's it's interesting because kind of the beauty of this tool is that a lot of times they might not even know that the machine is is providing them with this information because they're, they're just getting the information and you know, little do they know what's actually happening in the background or who it's coming from or where it's coming from but they're just they're they're receiving it through some of the tools that we have or they're seeing it graphically on air and they may still think that that's, oh, that's the teams back there working on that when in reality it's actually you know the content relevancy engine surfacing that that data um, so it still has that wow factor and they still appreciate it and you know they're they're happy that the teams can, can you know, supply that information in a, in a real time situation, but they might not necessarily know where it's coming from, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I I do wonder if there's, and I've worked in the broadcast world for a long time that there's a million stats that can be put in front of you, but it does need to be siphoned down so that they can pick and choose the right things at the right moment. How have you guys worked with them to not overwhelm them with the amount of information that this thing is clearly churning out?
1: Well, I, I think when you, when you boil it down, um, we, we've, you know, the, the system that we've created and the scoring that we've applied, and and by scoring I mean, you know, surfacing the most relevant nuggets to the very top of this list and actually ultimately only displaying one or two things. So, you you know, you, you present them with one or two sentences, you know, so like a bullet point one and bullet point two for this player who's hitting this shot from 150 yards in the fairway you know, on the third hole in the third round, um, where they're ultimately only going to see two lines of information in front of them, and they can choose to say either one of them. So it's it's the, the the filtering and the deciphering through all that information has already happened, and the end product is they're just seeing one or two things, so it's actually it's much less complicated for them, whereas before you might have a system of hit and miss, you know, where the person trying to sell That information to the broadcasters you know keep swinging and missing swinging and missing until finally they find something whereas the system is actually driving what we what we deem the most compelling thing to the top I
0: think Mike I think you touched on that because you had said that a lot of the people who are developing this on your end were golf fans so they spoke the language and I think they, they tried to understand what was relevant and what might not be so relevant how did you get to the point though where you're having the algorithm spit out the things that you believe are the most relevant pieces of information
2: yeah, that's really where the you know the magic is in this whole solution. Is um, it's it's the benefit of artificial intelligence technology applied to any business scenario, and, and this is one of them. Uh, is the ability for a machine to effectively learn and improve and evolve um, what it's calculating, and in this case, uh, we provided a simple interface for Alex and his team and the broadcast partners uh, to. Review the results that the algorithm was presenting, which at first were far more, uh, far less specific. Right? It's just looking for patterns in play, and it's presenting those patterns. And then humans who know this this sport better than anyone are able to go in and say, "Okay, I like this one. I don't like that one," and really prioritize and order results. And the AI algorithm is then learning and saying, "Okay, get it." Like. They, this is the type of stat that works well in this scenario. And by the way, this isn't across the board. This is scenario specific. So it's taking inputs which are uh, such and such golfer is on this hole. He's hitting this type of shot from this type of location in this type of weather and every you know, there's a long list of all these properties that factor in, right? Those are the inputs to the algorithm. And it's saying, okay, in that scenario, I'm going to present a list of items that are that are matching in patterns or are are basically relevant. And then the broadcasters, Alex and his team, anyone else working on this across the entertainment division at the BJ Tour, can be saying, All right, that's a really good stat in this scenario. When Jordan Speed is, you know, two shots back from Rory McElroy on Sunday afternoon, he's on the sixteenth pole and it's really windy. Uh, I like that stat the algorithm then is learning that, okay, this is a good stat to provide in that scenario. Um, and so that's how it, it gets better. And the longer they use it, the better it's going to get.
0: Um, this sport, maybe more than any other is really a multi-screen sport. Um, do, do you see applications with all of this that kind of give permission to networks to think in that realm with the PGA?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I mean more and more viewers and fans are digesting their content uh, in different ways now, you know, not not only through the traditional broadcast setting, but through their smartphones, through their iPads, through other devices. and the you know the appeal for fans to have the steady flow of data um, is definitely out there now. And you know a lot of times fans have very specific needs for who they want to see on in a golf tournament and you know you can what what we couldn't do before was uh scale the the amount of data that we were we were sending out so like you know we had a very small team and you know we could focus on the broadcast with our small team but we couldn't focus on every single player in the field and the, the cre brought scalability to that where we can now supply a steady stream of relevant information for every single player for every shot in the field and you know therefore allowing fans to follow any player they want on a second screen or on on a smartphone or ipad and and follow along online digitally and get compelling content while they're following their favorite players online
0: um this is used in conjunction clearly with the broadcast providers in whatever realm that may be this also sounds like Something that could be a consumer product, right? Is is that a goal here to find a way to allow fans to directly interact with this?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd say that the uh, the full intent of the content relevancy engine uh, from the outset was to uh, basically enable the PGA Tour to better leverage this amazing asset they have that they call Shotlink, right? So more than any other sport, they're collecting so much data about what's happening during competition. So that's where we started. Like, how can we make better use of that? We picked the broadcast scenario for the the content relevancy engine's kind of initial implementation because it was the most demanding, that on-air TV product getting the best possible results Uh, At at a rapid fire pace, we figure if we can solve that, then everything beyond that becomes a lot easier. So what that translates as is, let's say I'm a fan, you know, and you've got a field of 240 ish players on the tour every season, uh, that's a lot of players. And there are a lot of moments where one of the guys that's halfway or, you know, lower on the list, suddenly he just has a great round and he's doing really well. Or maybe there's a guy who's, you know, maybe he's from my hometown, and I, he's my favorite player, but he's not in the top 20. And so there's a lot of scenarios where you're tracking so many different athletes. This solution extends into all of the fan-facing products that the PGA Tour, uh, you know, provides, and we're in the process of working with them to kind of slowly implement them across each one of them. But if I'm a, a fan of a given player who maybe isn't getting a lot of coverage because he's not in the top you know, 20 list, um, this could get to the point where it's going out and mining information, data, stats, even something more complex than just one basic stat, uh, but mining all of that content, finding those video clips of those few shots where he was featured in the broadcast, and providing those out to the fan uh, who want that, you know, what we refer to as kind of long-tail content uh, for the sports fans. Uh, and that's a really exciting solution that I think applies broadly across all of sports right now.
0: Alex, I think this is directly for you since you work with the tour um, itself. Um, and and I'm, I am guess I'm just curious what, what the comfort level is with the tour in asking a question like this. But do you see applications of this kind of technology in fantasy and potentially sports betting scenarios with golf?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the way we're looking at it right now, as Mike mentioned earlier, is, you know, we're we're implementing this with our broadcast partners first, you know, because as Mike mentioned, you know, we want to tackle that. We want to get it right. And we, we have, and then I think we're going to extend out into other areas of, you know, the, the various platforms, digital, social, fantasy, all, all the other areas where, where, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the core of the, the concept of the CRE engine is you can surface, relevant information at any point for any player in any shot. So the the use cases for it are, are endless across all of our social and digital platforms.
0: Um, we talked a lot about what it's doing right. Where do you guys want to see this improve?
2: Um, well, from an engineering standpoint, um, I'd say uh, there's a few things. One, uh, right now we're very much focused on the shot link database, and that's basically you know tracking every shot hit on the tour and then all of the stats that, that are calculated out of that um and and that's our that was our first focus. Uh, it's the biggest one. But now we want to look at, all right, now that we've we've got these algorithms working very well, how can we apply that to the video archive that the tour has? Like they not only do they have a lot of great broadcast, all the historical broadcast footage for individual shots shown on the TV, um but they have all this original content they've created as well. Um, so can this same algorithm not only recommend a specific stat in a specific scenario, but maybe it pulls up a list of uh, video clips of the last three times that player hit that exact same type of shot in that same scenario, um, or an editorial piece that was written about a specific you know scenario that a player is currently facing when he faced that two years ago or something like that. So expanding the content uh, focus for the algorithm would be one of the top priorities. Um, and then just extending the capability of the algorithm itself over time. There's a lot of things um, that you can do with predictive analytics and AI um, that span other areas of the sports um, and how they operate. And we're trying to build everything as kind of standalone components that can be pieced together, scaled up individually, um, depending on how the PJ Tour wants to use each of these pieces.
0: Alex, have the players yeah. come to you? Have they asked for some of this information? Do they want access to it?
1: Well, I, I I think they will. Um, I mean, right now the the focus initially on CRE has been in game live, you know, surfacing of live information. So I mean, reacting to what's happening currently while players are on the golf course. So you know, for for the players themselves, they're not going to get that much out of that right now because they're actually out playing. But as as Mike mentioned, as we continue to improve our our logic and our algorithms, and we add additional use cases, and also add additional um tools and applications that can be used for example like pre-round content relevancy engine you know like let's let me select a player and before they tee off on the round give me surface a bunch of relevant information about the player for this course this week their recent performance things like that um, you can have post-round wrap-ups you know what did they do really well today so that you know uh in, in the media center uh as as uh different Members of media are interviewing players. They can use this data to actually go in and and ask questions. Hey, you know, you your best approach shot you hit today was on the 15th hole, according to strokes gained. Can you tell us about that shot and you know provide some insight on how difficult it was? Um, so I think as as we continue to branch out into um, the other areas beyond just the live uh, real time statistics, I think that's where players will will ultimately gain the most from it you know when they can go back and look at their round at the end of the day and find out what they did really well or really poorly um and the same thing for after an event or for the season or compare prior seasons so there will definitely be um players coming up and getting involved in the near future with
0: this mike how far back can you go like what's the historic context can can you look at events if there's video of old masters events and try to put them into some kind of historic context with this
2: yeah, I mean the, the Shotlink data goes back to I think two thousand three, right, Alex? Correct. Yeah, so we've got that that kind of rigid database. That's one piece, um, and that can inform kind of some analysis pre pre Shotlink too, like how you know how the, the the patterns in that data can can be applied towards older content. And then on the video side, there's a lot of opportunities. Like we have technologies that enable us, for example, to use computer vision, which is another kind of pillar of the AI stack and, for example, we could look at historical broadcast footage. We could look for things like um, actual patterns in, in the footage, so maybe facial recognition or uh, you know, the color of a shirt, things like that, so we can find patterns in the images themselves and figure out, okay, that's Tiger Woods in 1997. Like we, can, we can figure that out and then go through all of the footage and find all of the clips. We can look at the broadcast transcript and use that to correlate the video footage by time codes. We can do optical character recognition on video, so when the broadcaster put up the on-screen graphics, we can actually go back and read those and interpret them as text. Um, And that can go back as as far as we want, right, depending on how how high quality the footage itself is. So theoretically, there's quite a bit you could do, particularly on the the, uh, video front.
0: Well, I think what I'm getting to is, I just want to know if Tiger or Jack is actually better. Can we? Did you help us figure that one out? Can you can you do that one for us?
2: Swing analysis, or, yeah. <laughs> right? There's, there's, there's probably. I mean, theoretically, you could probably make a case. Uh, it might cost a lot in CPU time and I'll take a lot of footage, but I think theoretically, you could probably at least make an argument.
0: Because I read this, I read this piece recently uh, where somebody looked at CompuBox. Same thing. It went back to a certain date, but it it came after the career of Muhammad Ali, and so they went through all the video and tried to use CompuBox to try to figure out where does he really stand historically. And I, I think with golf, there's so much of that of a parallel because everyone wants to compare the generations to one another, and they all play on the same right. courses. And so there, there feels like there's a historic context that could be used here.
2: That would be a really fun project to work yeah. on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a high priority for yeah. the GTA Tour, but it- <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry Mike, didn't mean to put more work on your, uh, your plate. Sorry about <laughs> right. that. All right, uh, I'll let you guys go with this cuz we got a major this weekend. So, you want to give me a quick you p- said you got all the information. Who's going to win the Open Championship?
1: Well, I mean, uh, from from my side, uh th- there are so many players playing so well right now and you know, the course is playing really firm and fast and it'll be interesting. There's going to be some long drives this week. Be players driving par 4s um and hitting it up close to a number of greens. Um, so it's it's really anybody's game right now, if you ask me. I'm going to
2: go with uh, Microsoft's uh, player partner who did a
1: lot of great work with us, and Bryson
2: DeChambeau. And we're going to we're going to pick our home guy and see how he does. Fine, fine, fine.
0: <laughs> Alex Turnbull <laughs> from the PGA, Mike Downey from Microsoft. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having Thank us. you.
0: As always, we are staying ahead of the game. This is the Sport Techie Podcast. I'm Bram Whitestein.